It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. Always good to have you with us right here on LOR. Hope you had as good of a weekend as you possibly could. We know we're going to have the NFL draft coming up this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we'll cover it all for you as best we possibly can. Uh, and you'll hear from all the newsmakers and difference makers. Uh, but we wanted to start off this Mock Draft Monday episode. We'll have that for you later on as we kind of approach the draft and have more seven-round projections available. We wanted to start off with this uh, little feature. CBSSports.com has been doing some work. They've been doing some good, good content. Um, And we'll have actually a seven-round mock draft from them with trades and everything. They put together a list of all the NFL general managers and their best draft pick, their worst draft pick, and their best value in their history. Now, whether they've been one-time GMs, two-time GMs, or in a case like Joe Douglas, who's the Jets general manager, he was one of the top GMs or one of the top personnel people in Philadelphia, but he wasn't really the GM because it was Howie Roseman. Um, So, you know, they kind of give different guys credit for different things. Um, And I thought it would be interesting to kind of go through this list a little bit because the Redskins don't have a general manager, as you know. So in this particular list, they gave credit to and listed head coach Ron Rivera as the best and worst picks, right? And so here's what CBSSports.com came up with. Instead of talking about Kyle Smith, who's essentially the de facto J, it's weird because they gave Joe Douglas credit for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. They didn't give Howie Roseman credit for it. And I thought Howie was back by then because Howie was there and then he went away and then he came back uh, with the whole Chip Kelly thing. Um, but I'm pretty sure Howie Roseman was back. They didn't give him any credit there. They gave Joe Douglas the credit there. Uh, and he wasn't the GM in Philadelphia. I Trust me, I know that. And now in Washington, they're labeling Ron Rivera instead of giving credit to Kyle Smith for, oh, I don't know, um, you know, Terry McLaurin or Jonathan Allen or whoever in recent years. Uh, But here's what it says. Uh, Coach Ron Rivera, best pick, Cam Newton, quarterback, of course, number one overall pick in his rookie year, uh, meaning in in, in Ron Rivera's rookie year as well as the head coach in Carolina in 2011. That was, again, a weird offseason Uh, no offseason for that matter, but there was a full training camp. And there was the sense that you could mentally prepare for a full training camp. 
They listed the worst pick as Vernon Butler, the number 30 overall pick in 2016. Now, listen, you know, enough top 10 picks go busto. I don't know how much you can kill a guy for striking out on a number 30 overall pick. I mean, do you want that? No. But that was the year after they went to the Super Bowl. You're taking a chance, and it didn't work out. And Vernon Butler, I thought, was going to be better than he turned out to be as well. The best value? This shouldn't probably surprise anybody. Number 143 overall, fifth round, 2012. Josh Norman, who obviously struggled here in Washington, especially as his time went on. Uh, Again, we've been through this before. I don't think he was great from the start, but... Uh, beggars, you know, are not beggars, can't be choosers. Um, reasonable minds can disagree. Here's the write-up from CBSSports.com. Uh, Bruce Allen is finally gone. Yay! Uh, the Redskins brought in Ron Rivera to rebuild their team. They didn't hire a GM. So let's look at Rivera's history with the Panthers. Most of these answers overlap with Herney, Marty Herney, and Dave Gettleman. Cam at number one in 2011 was a great pick, even if injuries wrecked Cam's career with the Panthers at the end. Norman was unbelievable value in the fifth round, and Butler just never developed into a player worthy of selection in the first round. So I don't know how much we learn there, uh, but that's what they're giving credit for. Again, you look at Kyle Smith, and if you're using the Joe Douglas methodology, but now here's the difference. Joe Douglas, I guess, is a general manager. I mean, he is with the Jets. Kyle Smith is still only with the Redskins. It's his only NFL franchise, and he's still not by name the NFL or a general manager. So I guess that's why they did it that way. But if you look at Kyle Smith, I mean, Ron Rivera has mentioned over and over and over again how strong the last three drafts have been. And you look up and down and you look at some of the value picks that the Redskins have been able to get. Now, they haven't hit on everyone. Samaji P. Ryan, Monte Nicholson, obviously. Right? There's been some fourth-round picks. You could make an argument that Troy Apke right now is dicey, Jaron Christian. Listen, you're not going to hit on every pick. Even the really good ones are not going to hit on every pick. But you balance that all out by Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, I mean, I guess you can't go Matt Ioannidis because that's more, you know, Bruce and Scott McLuhan. You look and you say, okay, Montez Sweat. You look and you say, um, you know, at corner, uh, you want to go Kendall Fuller. That may be a little bit too early. But McLaren, Steven Sims, Kelvin Harmon. Uh, Darius Geis, we know he's got the talent. He just has not been able to stay on the field, period. I mean, those are all, you know, largely picks of Kyle Smith. Now, others were certainly involved, but Kyle Smith really involved. And that's what Ron Rivera keeps talking about is, look, there's going to be a 50-ish percent success rate, really successful. Some guys might have a good rookie year and tail off and, you know, quickly cut. Some guys might be good for two or three years and then just lose it. Who knows? Uh, But the bottom line is is you're not going to hit on every pick. We know that. Whether they be first-round picks or last-round picks. But Kyle Smith, I think, along with Ron Rivera, 
is a good combination, I think, until they take Tua Tonga Viola on Thursday at number two, and then they're going to make me scream. But we should also point out that the Redskins have not traded down the last couple of years in the first round. That is not Ron Rivera's modus operandi. He even mentioned that a couple of weeks ago as we played for you about a week and a half fish ago. Um, you know, where he's talking about, you know, top five, got to come away with a player in the top five, player A, player D, all that stuff. Uh, again, I'd be very surprised at this point if Ron Rivera and the Redskins are trading down. I think you can look at the number two overall pick, as we've all kind of talked about, being Chase Young. I'd be very surprised by anything else. I can't rule it out 100%. They could always throw us for a loop. Cincinnati could always throw us for a loop. Somebody could always trade up. You know, Again, they could trade down. But right now, every indication is it's Chase Young, as it should be, at number two. Uh, and, you know, one thing that's interesting is what's going to happen, as we discussed last week, with Kyle Smith. Are they going to, at some point this offseason, name him the general manager? Are they just going to give him a contract extension and a big financial boost? I don't know. Brought it up last week on the Locked on Redskins Google News Initiative. You can go check that out. We played a portion of it here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We were the first on this. We will keep monitoring this, uh, even though people don't want to give us credit. Uh, the bottom line is this. Kyle Smith's future is in some question, some question, if not significant question, for right after the draft. We will see what the Redskins plan on doing. One thing that they shouldn't do is just assume that Kyle Smith is going to stay forever. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. All right. When we return right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast on this mock draft Monday, uh, I want to get into a couple of the position groups and go through them as quickly as we can to get you set for Thursday's draft and go over some of the top prospects in each of those position groups right here on LOR. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you, makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As we catch you down to the NFL draft, we'll do a couple of position groups every day, and we'll just prioritize what I think are the biggest priorities of need, right? That makes the most sense. The Redskins don't need necessarily a defensive lineman, so why waste time unless we have uh, extra time? I'm going to use the SIS Football Rookie Handbook. There's lots of different tools, lots of different 
ways you can go about this. Uh, but the bottom line is this. Uh, this is a combination of scouting and analytics. I, I, I tend to trust these guys that they know much more than the average bear, if not um, a lot more than that. And they do a really good job in their rookie handbook breaking it down. Now, that being said, we all know that the tight end group is not the strongest class in the world this year, right? It's the wrong year to kind of need a tight end, which is why the everybody kind of thought the Redskins would be desperate for Austin Hooper or Eric Ebron or Jimmy Graham or somebody like that because they knew that this was not a great class. Clearly, this showed the Redskins would not sign somebody or would not add somebody just for pure need. Right. They did add Logan Thomas. They did add Richard Rogers, but guys that they wanted, guys that they liked at the price that they liked. They did not add Austin Hooper, Eric Ebron, Jimmy Graham, Jason Witten, just because they were desperate or because they felt the need to. So keep that in mind as they approach this draft. Right. And you say, well, they desperately need a tight end. Yeah, they do. But that doesn't mean that they're going to grab one in the third round. That doesn't mean that they're going to prioritize that like everyone thinks they're going to. Just keep that in mind. Um, so Jared Pinckney is, from Vanderbilt is considered by some, and including the SIS Football Rookie Handbook, the top tight end in the group. 6'4", 254. Um, listen, I think he can be a Delaney Walker type a Delaney Walker type. I don't ever think he's going to be a vertical stretch guy that is going to wow you in terms of his athleticism and his sheer ability. Um, I think he's a good, solid receiver. I think he's a guy that can break a couple of tackles. I think he's a guy that can get open. I don't think he's a great blocker. Uh, and I wonder if he's in the NFL because he doesn't have blazing speed. I wonder if he's going to be able to get separation in tight spaces, right? I just don't know if I like the overall package there for Jared Pinckney. Adam Troutman from Dayton is a guy that a lot of people like. He's not a great blocker. But he is a good pass catcher. And Adam Troutman is a guy that, you know, I, I think when when you look at his production at Dayton, obviously a smaller school, right? He's probably going to be your split wide, your, not your split wide guy, your split wide type guy. Your, he can be used kind of a, as a, a crossing the formation, you know, kind of an H-back type. Think... Yeah, probably think, you know, somewhat what Chris Cooley was viewed at when he first came out, right? Now, he's got to get better at blocking, and that's going to be a problem. But remember, they signed Logan Thomas. They think he's a pretty good blocker, and I've seen tape that shows me he's a pretty good blocker. So if Adam Troutman can be a better pass catcher right away, and you mix him in with Richard Rodgers and... With Logan Thomas, assuming all are healthy, away you go. Cole Komet. I uh, talked to my buddy Brian Driscoll, who does the SI coverage for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You know, listen, he feels he's going to be 
no worse than mid-second round. He's got a lot of upside. He's still learning how to play football. He is a good athlete. Um, and, you know, look, the, at Notre Dame, you have to be able to block. You have to be able to block. And he's not bad. He's not bad. Um, I would say from what I've seen and from what I've read and the people that I've talked to, he's not a great blocker, but he's adequate. And he can catch the rock. Even though the numbers wouldn't suggest huge jump up this year as he was more and more familiar with the position and more counted on. He went from 19 targets to 61 targets, 15 catches to 43 catches for Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. I don't think he's probably going to be around past the mid-second round, but we'll see. Hunter Bryant, that's a guy that some people, and you will hear this, uh, later on in this Mock Draft Monday episode might be kind of circling the pen around with the Washington Redskins. Out of Washington, he's not even 6'2", 239. So you know he can run, and you know that he's going to be able to create some separation. Is he going to be able to block anybody? That's a problem, period. Again, kind of like what we talked about with some of the other guys, you know, this team needs somebody who can make plays in the in the passing game, but they also have struggled forever in trying to find somebody who's even adequate at blocking. Maybe that guy is Logan Thomas. I hope, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, they ain't going to get it out of Hunter Bryan. I can tell you that much. They're not going to get it out of him. 52 catches last year and three touchdowns for Washington. And we'll give you a fifth one, and there's more, uh, but just for time purposes, Thaddeus Moss, don't forget he's got the foot injury. Uh, He's Randy Moss's kid. But this guy has got toughness, instincts. Uh, I think he's obviously good bloodlines. Uh, He's not the fastest guy in the world. But, you know, at 250... And 6'3 and change, I think he's kind of that hybrid guy that you can look at and say that guy could probably help us in the blocking game, which is they're kind of desperate still for it to help their run game and everything and in pass pro, but also, also be a decent underneath receiver. I, I don't think he's ever going to be somebody that's going to scare anybody, but, you know, inside the red zone, tight tight spaces, I think Thaddeus Moss, I mean, he's, he's not his dad, obviously, uh, but he's got the bloodlines. Um, so that's tight end. I mean, there's more guys, Harrison Bryant, um, who I'm always going to screw up with the other tight end that we just talked about, uh, that was Hunter Bryant, right? Too many similarities there in Harrison and Hunter Bryant. But they are two separate guys. Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic. A lot of people uh, like him. Bryson Hopkins as well from Purdue. All right. Real quickly, let's get to this. Uh, on the same side of the football, but in a different area. The Redskins need help at offensive tackle, right? Morgan Moses getting a little bit long in the tooth. They don't have a left tackle right now that anybody would consider dependable and I guess a surefire starter. 
Trent Williams, you know that whole situation. This is a really good draft for left tackles. Now, maybe it's not as high end as, you know, as a lot of people thought, including myself, but, you know, people are all over the place. Andrew Thomas, right? Uh, I think he is going to be a star, a, a very solid left tackle starter uh, for a long time. I think he's athletic. Uh, I think he is not a great pass rusher, uh, a great pass blocker, but I think he's a good, good run blocker. I think he's a good run blocker. Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Jedrick Wills. Uh, I thought he would maybe project more from right tackle to left tackle, but everybody seems to think that he's going to probably stay at right tackle early in his career. Physical dude. Physical dude. Smart. Right? The problem is speed rushers and his drop and all that stuff, and if you get a left end or if you get a left edge linebacker, that has some really good moves, like a spin move, Jedrick Wills might be in trouble. And if he struggles at right tackle, uh, clearly you're not going to move him over to left tackle, even though plenty of teams understand that right tackles are just as important in pass protection uh, and in a lot of ways run blocking uh, as left tackles. Tristan Werfs uh, from Iowa, again, you know, look, you know, Iowa offensive linemen, they're always well-schooled, right? Brandon Sheriff, Kirk Ferentz. Uh, he is a real good run blocker. Uh, I think he's probably going to start on the right side. Again, probably could eventually go over to the left side. But Wirfs is a guy that, again, probably will start on the right side and then kind of make his way over, I would think. But maybe he'll just find a home on the right side. Physical, tough, nasty. I still think, even though some of these guys are right tackles, I still think this is a group that is making it very difficult for teams to say, you know what, I want to spend the money and the resources on Trent Williams. Makai Becton had the bad test, right? Uh, earlier this week, we found out about that. 6'6", 355 pounds, can play both left tackle and right tackle, but he projects uh, more to be a left tackle just because of his engulfing size uh, and nature. Does he have great quickness? Uh, no, not at 355, but if he gets his arms into you and if he gets his strength into you, good night. And... You know, just real finishing, real quickly finishing up uh, this position category. Uh, Prince Tega Wanogo from Auburn uh, is a kid from Nigeria. Uh, again, I I don't know as much about him as I quite honestly need to know, uh, but I think he's you know a guy that when you play at Auburn, you're obviously going to play at a pretty high level. Um, he's played a little right tackle as more of an extra blocker, so he can help you out uh, there. He's played left tackle. You know, at 305, 306, he's not really probably an ideal road grading uh, tackle at all. So, you know, at that body size, he's probably going to fit better with the quick step off the line of scrimmage and the quick drop at left tackle. And one other just that we'll get here right now, Josh Jones from Houston, playing that spread offense uh, down there, left tackle. And I think he can be 
you know, bottom of the first round, early to mid-ish second round, somewhere in that range. Um, I think you're looking at more athlete there than anything with Josh Jones. So, look, if the Redskins don't have a pick until the third round at number 66 overall, you're probably not looking at a bunch of these guys, you know, Austin Jackson is another guy that's probably going to be gone by then. Ezra Cleveland is certainly picking up uh, some steam. Uh, Lucas Nyong, who we're going to talk to about or talk about, I should say, in just a moment. Uh, there's the kid Matt Pert from UConn. Sadiq Charles, I think, is going to be there, but he's a major question in terms of character. So we're just going to have to see where the Redskins wind up. If they stay at 66, obviously, there'll be some of these guys, but a lot of these guys are going to be gone through first uh, through the first two rounds of the draft, right? I mean, I would think at least six or seven are going to be off the board. And again, maybe some of these guys more project to be right tackles than left tackles, but that still affects the tackle market. That still affects how much teams are willing to spend. All right, we are way late. We're going to come back and we're going to finish it up with a quick mock draft Monday, and then we'll have more mock drafts as we get and more position previews as we get closer and closer to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday, right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, it is a Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked on Redskins podcast, so why don't we give you a good one? I only care about the multiple round ones. We all know uh, what the one-round ones are. If you're not doing a multiple round, at least three rounds. This one is seven rounds from cbssports.com. They did... uh, 18 projected trades. None of them included the Washington Redskins on either end. Pretty amazing, right? Uh, But here's what they did. They projected all seven rounds, of course, based on their draft board and based on fits and all that good stuff. And I think they came up with a pretty good, pretty decent uh, group for the Redskins. Of course, at number two overall, staying put, Chase Young. Pick number 66 overall. We mentioned him in our offensive line breakdown, Lucas Nyang. From TCU. Fourth round, two picks, 108. We mentioned one of these guys earlier, Hunter Bryant, not Harrison Bryant. No, this is Hunter Bryant from Washington. Again, good pass catcher, something the Redskins right now uh, don't have a proven pass catcher that is healthy. Richard Rodgers is a proven pass catcher. He hadn't been healthy in two years. Their second fourth-round pick, Brian Edwards from South Carolina. I've seen him go up and pluck the ball. I've seen him win those 50-50 balls. A little bit of a medical red flag issue type thing uh, with, I think, both of those guys, Hunter uh, and Brian Edwards. But, you know, with two fourth-round picks, maybe you hit on one of those guys and the other guy is just a guy, and maybe you get one good player out of the two. Fifth round, 162 overall. Uh, Legereus Sneed, who's a corner slash safety from Louisiana Tech. That's the pick that they ultimately got from the Seattle Seahawks in the Quinton Dunbar 
deal because remember their high fifth round pick they traded to Carolina for the Kyle Allen acquisition. No sixth round pick as of right now. Seventh round pick, 216 overall linebacker Cam Brown from Penn State. A lot of people thought early on in the process he would be a lot higher. So if you can get him in the seventh round, I presume uh, that would read value. And the final pick at 229 overall in the seventh round, of course, Malcolm Roach, a defensive lineman from the University of Texas. We'll have some other mock drafts for you, including some simulated mock drafts. Uh, everything still to come this week. Hang tight. We will get you all the coverage, both pre and after the draft and during the draft, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.